presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. Pick 6 Podcast, Wednesday, Nick Costos, Will Brinson, JLC, and Pete Prisco on assignment today. You know what to do. iTunes, Stitcher, and tune in. Leave that five-star review. It's really for me that you're doing that. It's my crippling insecurity. It helps me sleep better at night. Will Brinson, tell the people what's on the pod today. Uh, is it Wednesday? It is Wednesday. On the pod today. We have sort of lost track of the week, given that a hurricane's about to smash into South Florida, where I'm currently at. So so I think that you get a pass for not knowing what day it is. I, I'll i tell you what. I took my kid to school today. I have no idea what day it is. I had to, Nick, I had to go into this church and drop off my kid at his preschool. And you did not <laughs> burst into flames upon walking into said church. Yeah, no, I remember. A festivist the, miracle. Yeah, no, I mean, in the South. Everyone pretends that they're religious. That's kind of the key thing. Um, I think I saw that on True Detective. Yeah, it was uh, it was me and like, and so it's on this main street in Raleigh. That's not, it's like a it's like a two lane street, but it's one of the busier streets. It's sort of like a weird, you know, it's like it's not like a Florida street or anything like that or a like, New York street. Like, like 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 a horse and buggy type deal. Yeah, it used to be, but like it it goes from it goes from four lanes down to two, and then it passes this church as it goes through this residential area. And at nine o'clock a.m., there are seven hundred moms and and Mr. Brinson trying to parallel park onto this one street as traffic's flying by and people are going to work and everybody's taking their kids out. It is an absolute effing zoo. And I managed to navigate. Drop, I, I paralleled park a Yukon into like this tiny little spot with a with a fire pole right there. I didn't screw up my car. I got my son out. I walked him in. We got into business prices classroom. He picked up his fish. He said bye bye daddy, and he walked in there. And then I it was it was like nine hundred women in yoga pants and me walking God. out of there. And I managed to drop a um, I got I managed to volunteer my wife. For the Valentine's Day dance, and she's furious at me right now. I was like, "Hey, you guys doing volunteer stuff?" They're like, "Yeah, will you gonna volunteer?" I was like, "No, I'm an AK is," and I signed her right off. I, I, like, I've got I've got four notes off that story. Number one, it's awesome that you referred to yourself in the third person as Mister Brinson. I, I that that I think like that should not be lost on anyone. The second thing is sweet humble brag dropping that you drive a Yukon. That was pretty well done. Number three, um, you surrounded or or any male heterosexual red blooded American male surrounded by nine hundred mothers in yoga pants does sound like a a nice little slice of heaven. And the last thing is great job by you there volunteering your wife for that dance, which is a, a Sort of like a subtle, maybe unco- subconscious jab that you took, being like, you need to do this, not me. Because when you send me to take the kid to school, I sign you up for things like this that oh, you don't no, want no, to no, do. No, no. Well, well, first of all, the Yukon is an 07, so it's not a, not a super brag. Um, it's, a, it's, it's, my, it's the only car I've ever bought myself. Um, I love the car to death. My wife is, my wife is hijacked it. That's okay. Uh, second of all, there's nothing subtle about the jab, right? Like, like, <laughs> like my wife, I was leaving and there was like this horn of, gir- horn of like why, like moms and wives, I mean, girls, you know, like my age, but like I, like I went to school with a bunch of them. I know them all from like the, you know, hanging around with the kids. Have, have you, have you, have you ever hooked up or dated on any of them? Not any of these. Okay, cool. Cause that, that would have made things deliciously awkward. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, none of these, like, I didn't go to college with these girls. These girls, you know, I know these girls, like, through, through AK, through, like, you know, they're married to, like, my friends, or, like, they live in the, the same area. They go to the same school. All it, is it weird, by the way, that, like, you're 36, right? You're two yeah. years, I'm 34, and, like, we still refer to women as girls. I feel like when, like, when I was younger, at least, and, like, someone in, like, their mid-30s would refer to, like, someone as a girl, like, art, like around that age, you'd be like, that's not a girl, it's a woman. But now that I'm old, it's like, no, they're girls. Like, they're, they're uh, like, yeah. moms. Like, yeah. like, it's like calling them moms. It's very, yeah, no, but you call them girls, yeah. Like, like, like these women have, like, have given birth to multiple children each, and I'm like, these girls, you know? Like, yeah, they're not girls. Um, so... Oh yeah, but so no, I'm leaving and like all these women are standing there and they're like people are just handing out sheets. These sheets are flying everywhere and I'm walking out and I was like, Do I do I need to take a sheet? And they're like, Nah, dads get away. They can just come in here and drop the kids off. I was like, Oh, it's like a volunteer thing. They're like, Yeah, yeah. I was like, All right, I'll get I'll volunteer AK for something. What do you want to volunteer for? They're like, Oh, really? Like you're just gonna do that to her? I was like, Yeah, sure. What's the worst thing? They're like, Valentine's Day dance. I was like, 
consider it booked. Valentine's Day dance. <laughs> and so now my, my, I texted her and she was like, what did you do? Why would you do that? That is amazing. Uh, yeah. So that's my, uh, that's my Mr. Dad story of the day. And then I banged out my week one picks, which we're going to do tomorrow after we do the podcast. By the way, we cannot thank you guys enough for the support. A couple of things. Like Nick said, subscribe via iTunes. Leave a review, please. If you rate us five-star and you leave a review, it really boosts us in the eyes of iTunes. We were top 20 um, at some point on, on Tuesday, which is just wild. We'd love to get there in that top five, top ten. Um, as the season cranks up and gets along, we'll have uh, against the spread picks tomorrow. This hurricane is sort of messing things up. Also, you can pick against us in the season-long podcast Pick'ems League. Go to cbssports.com slash Pick six. You can use a letter or letters or a number in, for six and uh, and enter. It's free to do. You can use our office pool manager. It's fantastic. I run a pool with my my seven hundred of my closest friends elsewhere. Uh, for we play for gummy bears. Like who, who are you, Hank Williams Jr. with like you and seven hundred of your closest ah, friends? Like, like what was that? It's like sixty, and I know like ten of them. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very bizarre. Um, so so join that join that league and and compete against me, Nick, Jason, uh, Lock and Four, and Pete Prisco, who will be on. Uh, later, they're not actually on assignment. They're out day drinking. Correct. Oreos are probably playing at 1 o'clock. You know Jason's at that ballpark pounding the natty bows right now. And this is great. And, and Prisco actually does have laryngitis. Like, he missed his radio show in Jacksonville on Monday. I talked to him on the phone for five minutes yesterday. He sounded fu- he sounded fine. Like, I think that maybe, like, Pete's just old and overreacting. But uh, but Pete, definitely, like, if he were healthy, he would definitely uh, be doing the podcast here. Can I have like, a quick, quick tangent here off the rails for one second? Is this it? Orioles and Yankees are at seven o'clock is it by the way that game pissed me off last night by the Manny way Machado, do you know the Orioles are 12 and 2 in extra inning games this year and all 12 wins are walk-off wins this is it's crazy like if you're someone who bet the under on the Orioles season win total yeah like someone on this podcast may have done wow you want to murder yourself because the Orioles are 12 and bleeping two in one run games get out of here yeah and look my my Yankees can't can't get a save to save their lives like 26 blown saves this year they could be the best team in the al if not for that um my tangent they got chapman and roberts I mean, chapman, and and, and, and batances and they've blown 26 saves like it's insane have you ever seen the um the snl hank williams jr skit where like before the season he goes into the studio and he records every single game in like one fell swoop so like they play the music and i forget the actor that's playing him and he goes Bengals and the chargers coming over tonight dolphins and the raiders coming over tonight is <laughs> Freaking hysterical. So Hank Williams Jr. back in our lives coming up this Monday night. Twice, too. We get two Monday night games. I used to love that, and now that I'm old and crotchety, I kind of hate it because it starts at 10 o'clock, and it's 2 a.m. before the Chargers get finished. But it's okay because I love the Chargers. I love them a lot this year. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But first, you know who's not loving anything, Nick? Oh, man. This is – first off, I- I'm loving that professional segue right now. Go ahead, buddy. Miami, the Miami Dolphins are not loving anything. Now, look. Caveats that the importance and safety of people in Florida is more important than football, but this is a football podcast. So we're going to talk about the football aspect of the Dolphins and Buccaneers having their game in week one canceled, postponed, and pushed to week 11 because of Hurricane Irma. A couple of things stand out here, Nick. First of all, if the NFL, so there was, there were riots, like, like race riots in Charlotte going on last year leading up to the Panthers game on Monday night one week. And the NFL was like, nah. We're really not worried about it. We're not going to cancel it. You know, like, they're protesting out in front of the stadium. We're not was that it. the game where the dude, like, rappelled down? No, no, I was at that game. That, that was, was two like, years they were ago. Mad about, they yeah. were mad about oil or something like that. This was like a— I hated that guy. I wanted his, like, his, his cord to break. Well, me too, because you know what? I was—I'm not kidding. Like I That was Panthers-Colts Monday night, I remember. Yeah, do you yeah. see how close—like, do you see this— Helmet that I'm touching right yes, here. Yes, for, for, for those of us who are not able to see, i.e. everyone except for <laughs> me and you, there's an audio medium. Will behind him as a, a set of memorabilia, like right behind him with an arms race, and what he was touching was an NC State helmet. Okay, but so I was in the arms reach of like the glass for the press box of that game, and then this dude is like another 20 yards. When you first see it, you think, man, this might be a, a terrorist attack, right? Yeah, totally. It was terrifying. Um, but so that was not the case with the race rights last year. They asked the NFL, they're like, hey, Will you postpone this game? We can say that. And I was like, no. And then, like, anytime there's a storm and the NFL is like, like we're just, we're going to wait and see what happens and see how it plays out and see what, see how things go to it. Well, the NFL has now canceled a, a week one game five days in advance of this, uh, of the game actually happening. That tells me 
that the that the NFL firmly believes that Irma is going to be a behemoth when it comes to Florida. So I would encourage everybody to get the hell out of there. You're getting the hell out of there. Stay safe. Do not mess around with this storm. If the NFL is not messing around with the storm, then you should not mess around with the storm because the NFL don't care, right? The NFL will play chicken with a natural disaster. If the NFL is not messing around, you don't mess around. Get out of there. The next thing from a football perspective. And, and I will be getting I'm out of here late yeah. Thursday night. Yeah, as you should be. From a football perspective, the Dolphins are getting screwed they, here. They really are and for several different reasons, which you will so, detail. Let's look at this. So they now start because they don't play the Buccaneers in week one. Their season now starts September 17th. It starts two weeks later than everyone else. That's not helpful because they're already fresh, right? <laughs> they played the preseason. They've gotten the rest. Yes, yes they, they've, they've already had a bye week. It's called the off season. <laughs> right, exactly. So now their season starts in week two. They go at Chargers, so they start in Los Angeles. Loss. Then, they, then they come back the next week and go at Jets. Now the Jets stink, but you're coming back from L.A. on a short week to Miami then have to fly to New York. That's not helpful. The week after that, the Saints at home. Then the Titans at home. Then at Falcons, Jets at home, and that's the easy part of their schedule. Then from week eight on, bear in mind that their week 11 is now home against Tampa Bay. They are at Ravens, Raiders at home, at Panthers, Bucks at home, at Patriots, Broncos at home, Patriots at home, at Bills, at Chiefs, Bills at home. There are two easy games there, and one is in friggin' Buffalo. And this means that the Dolphins are going to have to play, and uh, I forgot that, uh, that week four game. Against the Saints in London. Okay, so they so they they're going to London one week. They're going to play sixteen straight games, Nick. They are not going to. They're going to win five games. Dude, if 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 Adam Gase coaxes a nine win season out of this team, like he should be coach of the year. Absolutely, like, no, it, it ain't it ain't happening. Like this, it really, really, and, and like it, it hurts. And let's let's be real, man. This hurts the Bucks too. And like I haven't like d- d- dug deep into that schedule, but sixteen straight games. Like, that's unheard of. Like, we have not seen that before in the NFL. I mean, this is – it's it's bad for both teams. And look, like you said, and I'm in South Florida right now. If you're in South Florida, get the hell out. Like, I'm, I'm – CBS, thankfully, flying me to, to New York on Friday morning. I'll be hosting shows remotely um, in Connecticut. Our, our office is up there this weekend. So our picks pod for week number one, our picks against the spread, will be released tomorrow, Thursday. We will tape it tomorrow um, late morning, early afternoon, get it posted because I'm going to get the hell out of here. I'm not going to be here. Um, Pete's sick. JLC's traveling for week one CBS stuff in New York. Um, so it's going to be a mess here. So we're going to get that pot out on Thursday. Normally that will be released on Friday, but due to the circumstances here with the hurricane, we will release that tomorrow. But it's bad for both teams. And you know, it, it's a shame, but I mean, it's, it's what are you going to do, right? I mean, people have got to be safe. Players have got to be safe. Families have got to be safe. Fans have got to be safe. So I, you can't really bang on the NFL for making the decision. No, not at all. And you know who we, we can bang on? If you're somebody, look, I own J.H.I. I love J.H.I. this year. I think he has a monster year. I think he runs for a ton of yards. Got him in a bunch of fantasy leagues. If you complain about J.H.I. not being available in week one for your fantasy team, there's a special trip. There's, you should go to the airport. Go to the airport. Go up to the Delta desk and say, hello, I'm looking for one ticket to hell. It's pre-booked. <laughs> Will Brinson paid for it. Because you're first class. Straight to hell, man. <laughs> Um, all right, moving along in other news, Ezekiel Elliott. I think that was Brinson, the original. Brinson on fire. Yeah, we were we were going to leave with Zeke, but somehow, but we lived with Irma instead. Yeah, I'm on fire today. I don't know why. It's because it's uh, dropping, dropping kids off at school, man. We, we we can't say the B word on this podcast, right? The one that rhymes with which? Because that's what I was going to call Irma, but I probably should avoid that. I think you could use it if you were like referring to an actual female dog. I okay. think you get away with it. All but right, I don't so, so let's so so I will I will. I will withhold. I will refrain. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, that's I mean, what I think of Irma, though. Yeah, you could call it like a nasty mf'er or yeah. a nasty like, or a salty. Or do my Donald Trump voice? She is a nasty, nasty woman. That was just my regular voice, and I was doing the hand signal, which was in an audio medium does not play well. It does not. No, uh, I, but I also did the same. <laughs> yes, we both did the, the hand motion, but talked in our own voices. Okay, so let's talk about Zeke Elliott. The latest news as of – I was actually um, up late doing um, my over-under picks for the for the the updated ones for August for the year. Like, you know, you flip a couple, like I flipped on your Rams. Um, when this a – second, a second lawsuit broke, Nick. Two lawsuits. How excited are you? The NFL filed a lawsuit against the NFLPA in order to uphold the arbitration award, which was issued by Harold Henderson on Tuesday night. Um, 
For those that are wondering what the hell I'm talking about. And, and I'm going to give you credit here because, like, you actually are maybe the only person I know that really knows what he's talking about <laughs> as it regards this stuff. Because you've been, you've been waist deep in it for the last couple of days here. And you really are, like, a thorough authority on the subject. So people should listen to you right now. Not that they weren't going to since they're listening already. But you really do know what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, like, like I did the post I talked about with the labor lawyer, who's my friend, my my dad's friend and family friend, and all that. And we wrote that down. Um, uh, you, you, talking... you, you tried just now to work in like he's my friend, but he's not your friend. You had, then you corrected yourself. Oh no, yourself. he's like I think he's like my godfather actually. Um, you think he's your godfather? I think he's a godparent. Is he a godparent? I'm not sure. You don't know um, who your I mean, godparents check... are? That's crazy. I'll check on that. Um, yeah, you think I would know that? I, th- I think Tom is my godfather. Um, anyway. Uh, but he's a friend of mine, um, friend of ours, friend, family friend, friend of the podcast. His wife is very excited that I wrote the article. So pretty bird, pretty bird. So here's here's the deal. <laughs> On Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, Harold Henderson issued his ruling. This is the the guy who heard the appeal ruling on Zeke Elliott. He said that the six game suspension Roger Goodell handed Zeke Elliott would be upheld, meaning there are no changes. However, also on Tuesday. There was a hearing in court in Texas in which Ezekiel Elliott appeared. The NFL showed up, and they decided at that court hearing that they will rule by Friday on the temporary restraining order. Because that court hearing happened so late in the day, because of a roster reason, Ezekiel Elliott is now eligible to play week one against your Giants. So what we have here is we know – so quick and dirty. We know that Ezekiel Elliott is suspended six games from the NFL. That is not going to change. That number is locked in. He is going to fight that, but that six, it's either going to be six or zero now. There's no in between. We also know that he is going to play week one against the Giants for the Cowboys. The NFL has agreed to that. His suspension will start in week two. And if the temporary restraining order or injunction is granted, he will be allowed to play in week two. My sense of this right now, Nick, he's going to play the whole year, right? That's my sense of it because there is so much going on. There's such a short amount of time to decide this. It is so touch and go with how these with how these court cases go, and because the NFL has now filed a second lawsuit in a second court, and they have to figure out the jurisdiction, that it makes more sense just to hit the pause button on everything, say play this year. We will sort out the jurisdiction as things go along, and we will worry about hearing this case in the off season. It is totally possible that they deny him the injunction, deny him the temporary restraining order, and move the court, move the case to New York, and hear it there, and quickly uphold it. But I think that's so much to pack into such a little time, even though now they have sort of eight business days. It's just so much to deal with that I believe that they're going to hit the pause button. I could be wrong. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, Ezekiel Elliott is going – this is what's going to happen. He's going to spend six games suspended. He's not going to win his lawsuit. It is going to be tried in New York, and the NFL is going to take a fat one on Zeke Elliott and the, and the NFLPA in the court of law. But it may get pushed back enough. That he plays this season. Like, and that, that's, and basically precedent set with this already with what we saw with Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, pretty much is that the court is going to eventually look at it and say, look, you know, I get what you're, I get your angle here, but dude, like, you gave Goodell all the power. And that's all the NFL cares about. The NFL doesn't care about actually suspending Zeke Elliott. The NFL cares about enforcing the laws of the CBA. It's insane. So, it really so, is. So as to ensure that in 2020 and 2021, when they're negotiating, they can say, hey, we'll give you this. Yeah, but you got to play two more games. Exactly. It's like, and look, like we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but like Demora Smith in, in, in 2011 brokered what it was the worst labor deal for a union in the history of labor deals done by unions. I mean, it's just horrendous. We all know that, and, and it could lead to a work stoppage, hopefully not coming up in a couple of years, but that's neither uh, here nor there for right now. So real-life implications, if, if Zeke does miss weeks two through seven, and I think the Cowboys are going to win on Sunday night with or without Zeke. So I think Dallas will start 1-0 over the Giants, over my Giants, unfortunately. Um, they just have to tread water until Zeke's back, and I think this is a playoff team, and we'll give our, our division winners coming up later in this podcast on our over-under pick, so stay tuned for that. But um, So if for Dallas, Dallas, tread water. Go three and four in those seven games if you have to. Go four and three. Get Zeke back and then make your playoff run. Here's where it really kills, selfishly. Um, so I had a fantasy draft last night with like all my buddies from home. I took Zeke, the eighth overall pick in a keeper league. Um, rolling the dice a little bit, a YOLO pick, as I as I am apt to do. Ten or, ten or twelve guys. Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. Mm. But, but, but you keep, but you were, you keep yeah, two players. Any, any two players. Any, well, no, but you can't keep players that you took in the first two right. rounds. So Zeke's not a keeper. So Zeke will not be a keeper for me, no. 
So I, t- uh, I had two first-round picks. I took Zeke and Todd Gurley, uh, and I kept Beckham and Keenan. And my team's really good. But the point is is that I need Zeke. And players that drafted Zeke need Zeke. And, like, everyone plays fantasy, and this is crippled. Like, right as fa- – it's like the NFL. Like, like don't you understand, NFL, that, like, that people have fantasy drafts to do? And I guess that's – I guess that's kind of insensitive given, like, the, uh, the severity of the charges levied against Elliott. But we do need – like, they do drag this stuff out way too long. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's not in the name of justice. It's in the name of bargaining. So, like, let's not act like the NFL is taking the high road here. They're just they're trying to secure their negotiating position when it comes down to the um, the, the CBA in a few years. So that's 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 where we stand. My again, my gut is that Zeke is going to play a lot of games this year. I don't think he ends up missing time. I think he plays all sixteen. If I had to, if you put a gun to my head, that's what I would say, and I'd feel pretty confident about it. Please don't put a gun I, to my head. I wouldn't confident about it. I'd be fifty fifty. I would. You think it's gun. you think it's fifty fifty. Yeah, I mean, look, the Tom Geis, who's the labor works for Crowell, um, Boring in DC, he's just, here's the thing, it's just fickle. It's like, it's like, like, you don't know which of these courts is going to end up, like, like he's, like, he's a lawyer. He does this professionally for corporations that are as big as the NFL and, just as powerful as the NFL in terms, like management side of labor negotiations. But, like, but here's the thing, like, like the NFL, like, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know the timeline better than me. The NFL's lead investigator. Um, recommended that they that they not suspend Elliot, right? Like that—that's a thing that happens. Doesn't like, matter. Doesn't matter. It's like Roger Goodell could suspend anyone for anything. That's the problem. No, but like, but like he, yes. And I'm not arguing that Zeke will eventually serve a six-game suspension. That's going to happen. But how can they do it this year, given the precedent that was set with Brady? Like, how can it happen? Like, I'm actually asking, like, how can it happen? Maybe you can't ask her that. Answer that. Maybe we. Maybe we should. Call the Godfather, your Godfather, and see what he has to say on the matter. No, look, I was emailing with Tom this morning. Dueling banjos on which court gets to decide. That's what he said. I mean, like it's like you do, look, God, like he does this professionally very well for a big time firm. Well, I mean, he's friends with your dad, who's one of like the richest people in North Carolina. So of course. Yeah, and I love that. I love that people think that. I wish I was one of the richest people in North Carolina. But the point is, is that like even guys who do this professionally don't know what's going to happen because it's just it's just a it's a dogfight. I mean, like if you if you took NFL and Zeke Elliott out of this and replaced it with um like paint company and paint employees, right? It's the same thing. That's all they're doing in court, and nobody would know. It's just hard to guess because of the legal. Uh, ramifications. All right, what else do we have to talk about from? Oh, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, please. I had a good segue. I would say, you know what? We don't need guesswork for. Oh, that's better. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor. Who's going to start for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday? It will not be rookie out of Pitt, Nathan Peterman. It will indeed be Tyrod Taylor. Bills coach Sean McDermott also adding he expects Jordan Matthews and Cordy Glenn, wide receiver and left tackle, to start. But let's talk about Tyrod here against the Jets. Um, I was actually thinking about maybe picking the Jets if Nathan Peterman started. But now that Tyrod's back under center, this should be a fairly easy win for Buffalo. Against the spread? Oh, no. I I was considering taking the Jets to win the game if Nate Peterman started. Sure, yeah, I could buy that. Yeah, I think um, the spread is a different story. It's going to be, it's like eight and a half. I'm still going to take the Jets with the points probably, but yeah. yeah. I don't feel good about it uh, at all. This game stinks. I think it's on CBS. Look, I'll sell anything on CBS. Literally, I will will pull my pants off and be promiscuous for CBS on just about anything. I can't do it with Jets Bills. I can't do it, Nick. I'm sorry. You know what? I think I I can. Sorry, Mr. Moonbass. I can't do it. No, because we got got, got LaShawn McCoy in this game. I'm excited to see Jordan Matthews. I think Jamal Adams. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm trying really hard and it's not working. I can't really sell it, but if you're a Bills fan or a Jets fan or a fantasy player or a gambler, which probably covers 100% of the swath of this audience, you will have at least a modicum of interest coming up in Bills Jets. So Tyrod will start for Buffalo, cleared from the league's concussion protocol, Will Brinson. Now, as we promised yesterday, it is time for our sit-down interview with Broncos linebacker Von Miller, ahead of the team season opener this Monday night as they host the Los Angeles Chargers. The first question that we asked Von, how's he feeling heading into the season? Oh uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's a, a pretty good um, training camp that we I'm excited to uh, you know get started. Uh, you know, a week from yesterday and that's the San Diego Chargers. I mean, San Diego Chargers. I know I keep saying it. The LA Chargers on Monday night football. You know, Vaughn, you're not the only one who's done that. I, I swear, I've done like 15 radio spots. And I, <laughs> it's hard, right? 
what hey, did you see have you seen this ride that Philip Rivers is, is is driving to and from Los Angeles and San Diego in? Oh yeah, the uh sprinter van. Yeah, I, I think I think it's I mean he didn't wanna, you know, move the family up to um you know, to uh LA. I, I think I read the story and it's great, you know, they can watch film, you know, in traffic in LA traffic, you know, all the way back. I think he's uh, you know, making the most of his time. I I really like uh, you know, Philip so so I think it's I think it's great to have a you know, a mobile film unit that you could just watch, you know, film to and from practice in. Is is Philip your least favorite quarterback to sack in the AFC West? Who's your who's your most favorite quarterback to sack in the AFC West? I mean, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, I don't think I have a favorite. I just like I like I like getting them all. You know, it's my job. I like you know coming through on my job for my teammates and my organization. So whenever I'm out there, I like I like uh, I like getting them all. Probably you know the same. You know, that's what I'm supposed to do. And whenever you can do your job, it, you know, it feels great. And Vaughn, one of your former teammates was very good at that as well. I think we were all surprised this weekend when um when the team released safety TJ Ward. He signs right back with Tampa Bay, so he's not out of work for too long. What was your reaction when you found out about John Elway releasing TJ Ward? I mean it's uh yeah, it's it's part of the national football. You got uh you got three um you know, twenty two year old, twenty one year old guys that's out there, you know, balling that's um you know, he's doing a great job for us in the secondary. So it uh it just it just created um, you know, a situation where, you know, some decisions had to be made. I you know, I'm uh, it's it's part of the national football league. I mean it's you know, eventually it's gonna happen to us all one day. Um, you know, it happened to Peyton Manning and he was one of the you know, greatest, you know, players to play this game. So it's just uh it's just part of the national football league. You just gotta you know, do what you can do, control what you can control, and you know, keep it moving. You guys have a little bit of transition on the defense, Vaughn. I mean, Wade Phillips out now. You you really – I mean, like, look, you were a great defensive player before Wade got there, but I feel like the transition to that 3-4, you know, you playing in that linebacker role really puts you in that annual defensive player of the year conversation. How much has changed, if anything, now that Wade is gone with the current defensive scheme you guys are running? I mean, just uh, a couple of twists here, you know, a couple, you know um, – you know, the times there, but it's it's still the same defense. You know, we still got the North fly zone. Um, you know, Coach Woods is calling the plays now, but it's uh, you know, it's, it's still the same defense. We still got some of the same term, terminology. You know, every single year you can add and you know um, reduce you know some wrinkles. You know, when it comes to you know you know um, a defense or a defensive scheme, but, you know this year is no different. How does it feel to have Brock Osweiler back in the Broncos locker room, Vaughn? Oh man, it, it feels great. You know to have his energy back in the locker room. I'm, I've always been a you know a huge fan of Brock Osweiler. I, I thought he was uh you know I thought when he left, you know it was unfortunate that he, that he left. I thought he was going to go to Houston and you know put up uh you know numbers with with DeAndre Hopkins and the guys that he has. So. It didn't. Um, it, it didn't happen, and you know he's. Uh, you know he's back here with the Denver Broncos. But to have his energy in the locker room, it it feels like it feels like 2015 again. We had a lot of success that year. We won a lot of games that year, and um, you know to have um, you know his energy back in the locker room, back in the practice field, it, it, it feels great to have Brock Osweiler back. Do you think that he could maybe push Trevor to potentially start for you guys? Like, like, what's your thought right now about the quarterback situation here? Simeon's the starter. Lynch hurt right now, but he's obviously the former first-rounder. And now a guy that you seem to like a lot personally and professionally, Brock Osweiler, back in that quarterback room. I, mean, I don't know. This, this is Trev. This is, this is Trev's team. You know, Trev, he worked, he's worked hard for this team. You know, he's uh, improved. He's taken steps, you know, um, to uh, – you know, improve on, it, on his game, and you know this is this is this is Trev's team. You know, Trev won the spot. He's, he continues to go out there, and, you know, make great decisions on the football field. He continues to look great on the, on the football field. And like I said, you know, it's great to have you know Box energy back around, but it, it's, it's it's definitely Trev's team. A player like you, I think twenty. Now you got like forty sacks the last three years, maybe. You have to go into the season with goals. What's your goal for number of sacks in twenty seventeen, Vaughn? I mean, I, I don't have a. I really don't have like a uh, a goal that uh, that I that I that I have when it comes to staff. I just try to, I just try to go out there and be a dominant player. I just try to go out there and be the the player that um you know, the Broncos brought me in to be. Um, when I was in when I was in college, I uh, my second year in the National Football League, I, I looked at the schedule. You know, we were supposed to play you know Texas Tech. And, you know, Baylor and all of these teams. I'm looking at the schedule and I'm saying to myself, okay, I'm going to have two sacks here. You know, this is a passing team. I'm going to have, you know, another two sacks here. This team doesn't really, you know, pass the ball like that. So I'm just going to get one sack. And I went down the whole schedule 
and I and I had a number in my head. I said, I'm gonna get you know, I'm gonna get 15 sacks this year. <laughs> and um, I ended that I ended that season. I ended that season with three sacks. So I was uh, disappointed. I, and I told myself, you know, going into my junior year that I wasn't gonna you know set goals or on stats or anything like that. And I led the league in uh, I led the NCAA in sacks and I had 18 and a half. So that's just the uh, the mindset that I have going into each every season that I'm playing. I, I don't really set goals. I just try to go out there and, and be a dominant football player. You know, I'd be okay with whatever happens after that. Vaughn, you were indeed a dominant football player at Texas A&M. And your Aggies, they were dominant in the first half the other night against UCLA. I know you were on the sidelines, the cameras, the TV was showing you down there. How hard was that to watch for you? Up 44-10 late in the third quarter, UCLA comes all the way back and wins 45-44. I, mean, I, had, to, I had to leave. I had to get back here to Denver. I had a practice at, uh, at six at 6.45 in the morning the next morning. So I had left at halftime. So in my mind, we won the game. <laughs> I mean, so it's your fault, Vaughn. It's your fault that they lost. Yeah. You left at halftime, and it all went to hell after that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, had, I had to go. Maybe, maybe it is my fault. But, um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, that's just part of the mess. That's just part of the, you know, um, that's just part of the NCAA. You know, you got to play all the way through, you know, all four quarters. I mean, we got a lot of young guys on that team, and, you know, it's great for um, you know, experience and you know all of those guys and learn from that. I feel like um, you know, we got a we got we have a great young football team. You know, I'm sitting on the sidelines, saw some of these players running around. Some of these some of these guys are NFL ready already. So um, you know, we got a great football team. It's just you know, we just let them come back. It, it happens in the National Football League. It's gonna be games where teams come back. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be times where you come back and you beat the other team. So that's just that's just part of it. You gotta you know just uh, bite the bullet and you know just keep going. Your former coach, Kevin Sumlin, big-time hot seat right now. May even be up in flames after that loss here. What's your take on Kevin Sumlin here? You think A&M should hold on to him and let him write the ship? Yeah, most definitely. I, you know, he, he's, a, he's a great coach. You know, I, I, he, he didn't coach me, but, you know, I, I wish he did coach me. I had I had great coaches in college, but, you know, playing for Coach Sumlin, it, it would have been great. You know, the energy when you walk through um, – when you walk through the facility at Texas A&M, he's done an incredible job. He does an incredible job recruiting. He does an incredible job with the young guys. You know, I, I like I like Coach Sumlin. I feel like uh, you know, we should give him a chance. But I already know how you know, college football is, especially you know at um, at big time schools. You know, some uh, some of these uh, some of these uh, these these regions and boosters they you know, they get restless. They want you know they want ten game season. They want national championships. And no matter how hard it is, but that's what they want. And so you gotta you gotta be able to give it to them. You know, Vaughn, it's not there are not many commercials on television that I can watch over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and not get sick of them. But you and these Old Spice commercials, these things are pretty good. Uh, people can watch them on Old Spice's YouTube channel. You're promoting the Invisible Spray, 48 hour protection and fresh manly scents. Uh, what's it like filming these ads? What's the best part about it? All right, man, it's, it's great. It was uh, another epic year working with Old Spice. Um, the creative is always over the top. And, you know, this year it, it, it doesn't disappoint you know anybody. Um, I, I really enjoyed you know filming Old Spice. I really enjoyed you know working with um, you know Old Spice for a second year. I feel like you know their their message and you know who they are and you know the way I go the way they go about things is perfect. You know with who I am and um, my personality. So it was a great merger. Um, like I, like I said, it was uh, it, it was wonderful to you know be back with Old Spice for a second year. And well, I. Yeah, go ahead. Like I said, they're, uh, they're, they're delightful commercials. And it's the new Vaughn, the new Invisible Spray, 48-hour protection, giving you that fresh, manly sense. And look, and here's the deal. Like, Will's being honest, like, because you you don't, probably don't know it. I mean, maybe when you were watching football on Sundays. When you watch football on Sundays, it's the same commercials over and over again. And in truth, the Old Spice commercials are so wacky, irreverent, zany, and over the top that they're actually really fun to watch. You're a big reason for that, Vaughn. Again, it's the new Invisible Spray from Old Spice. Vaughn, we really appreciate it. Best of luck this season in Denver. Alrighty, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, Will, my biggest takeaway from that interview when we thank Von Miller for joining us, he really loves him some Brock Osweiler, doesn't he? He really does. I mean, like, he's like, Brock Osweiler's mom is like, wow, Von Miller likes Brock, huh? That's interesting. Interesting choice, Von. Uh, does it make me any more or less enthusiastic about the Broncos' chances in 2017? Although I guess we probably should be. They've been fairly consistent. But like, yeah, Osweiler just feels like a, Sort of a, a lead balloon getting attached to a, a blimp that was already crashing.
And without further ado now, Mr. Brinson, you and I give our season predictions for the National Football League 2017 season, plus some over-under win total picks for the degenerates out there, yours truly and Will Brinson included. Where do you want to start it off, Billy B? Uh, well, first of all, let's just get, let's get to the meat of this bad boy. Let's talk about putting your money where your mouth is. And Please. Talk about these Super Bowl picks. I'm not going to lie. Um, I got some investments in the, uh, in the Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Chargers. I know backfired. that you do because I'm pretty sure, do you put those in while we were in Vegas together? No? Yes. If that makes it legal, sure. Yes. Um, yes, that's exactly where I did it. Uh, I've got the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to bet on them to make the Super Bowl. I've got the Chargers to win the Super Bowl at 55 to 1. Not 55 much. to 1? Five to when one. did you put that in? When we were in Vegas. It was fifty-five to one. No, it was not. Oh, <laughs> I put it in early. Put it in earlier than that, and it's uh, it's climbed down. It's climbed down substantially. I've also had the over on the Chargers win total this year plus at seven and a half at plus one hundred four. Yes, it's up. It's up to eight now. So you got you got a Is good it number. Eight, well, it's, it's either eight or it's it was seven and seven and a half and minus one seventy. I got that in early. I got the Cardinals to make the playoffs. At plus one fifty three. Wait, the Cardinals were were not minus to make the playoffs. Nope. You got some good bets, man. You got some good bets right now. I like this. It could could backfire easily. And I've also got the uh, Cardinals to win the Super Bowl at twenty to one. Um, I put that in late, but I like I I picked the Cardinals to win the Super Bowl for CBS. Um, I got we talked about this in the last podcast. I caught a lot of flack. For Cardinals over Chargers, oh, you're trying to get attention. You're just you're drunk. You're high. You're, you're bleeped up. Like maybe so. Well, maybe. all three of those things may be true, but that doesn't mean that you that you did it for those reasons. It's 11 a.m. on a Wednesday. Maybe I am drunk. Maybe I am high. Maybe I had a huge Labor Day. Maybe I'm just keeping the party going. What's it to you, man? Um, it's like your opinion, man. I am fired up today. I don't know what's going on. I love it. Uh, but look, no, I, I here's here's the deal. I got the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals because I like the mojo of Bruce Arians, Carson Palmer, and Larry Fitzgerald, and the whole franchise understanding that this might be the last hurrah for all three guys. Narrative. I freaking love. I don't. I don't agree, but I love it. I, I love, love the it. narrative. It's a great story. This team played well down the stretch. From from a football standpoint, this team has David Johnson, who's a viable MVP candidate as a running back who wants to catch a thousand. Uh, receiving, have a thousand receiving yards and a thousand rushing yards. It's not out of the question for him to do that. Um, I think John Brown is going to have a nice bounce back season and be healthy this year. Carson Palmer, when he switched his throwing plan late last year and didn't throw every day, was a substantially better quarterback. He was an MVP. He was the number two MVP candidate behind Cam Newton in 2015. He, he had was. a tremendous, tremendous, huge, fantastic season. One of the best seasons. Just a tremendous season. And I think he can do it again this year, even at his ripe old age. Defensively, Robert Kimdichie has looked great in the preseason. I think he can help replace Calais Campbell. Buda Baker, Tyron Matthew, Hassan Reddick, Deion Buchanan. Steve Kime has done a tremendous job of getting all these athletes who are versatile players. This defense is going to be better than people think. Patrick Peterson, a stud. The Honey Badger, if I didn't mention him already. I like this defense. I call freaking Chandler Jones. This defense is loaded. I think it's at one of the top-tier defenses, and I think the Cardinals are going to win that division. Even if they don't, I think they have a good track for a wild card in the NFC. I like they're over at eight and a half games. It's just been pricey, or eight games. It's been pricey, like one minus one thirty. So I'm a little wary of it. I'd rather take them to win to make the playoffs because uh, I think they eventually win nine, and I think they have the personnel. Larry Fitzgerald might be the greatest postseason receiver of all time. Uh, that's actually not like a, a totally it's hyperbolic a, statement. It's actually within within reason. Yeah, yeah very like, much within reason. Yeah, like he. And I think if he gets to the playoffs, he will do the same sort of thing. I think they have the personnel to get hot and make a make a run. And I'm not picking I'm not picking chalk, man. I'm not picking, I'm not picking chalk. I don't need to pick the Packers or the Seahawks for the Chargers. And I'll be done in a second for the Chargers. I like the Chargers because I love Philip Rivers. He's due. They got the San Diego monkey off their back. Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Henry, Antonio Gates. Uh, who am I missing? Travis Benjamin. They are loaded at the skill positions. He will put up big numbers. He has taken Nick. This $200,000 car, and he's driving an hour and a half each way and studying film. You know what he's not doing while he's driving an hour and a half in this really nice car? He's not spending time with eight kids. I was going to say, or or impregnating his wife for the 58th time. Yeah, or like, maybe that is happening. Who knows? 
He's he's, he's like Costanza. Like, you bring the food in, he brings the film study in. (laughs) Hey, girl, I got the uh, Broncos game going Uh, on. Cover two! Cover two! (laughs) (laughs) Blitz! Bad blitz! Bad blitz! Um, And defensively... Mike's the backer! Mike's the backer! (laughs) (laughs) Denzel Perryman is going to... Being gone is a concern. But I think Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram rushing the passer in this Gus Bradley offense is going to be devastating. If Casey Hayward and Jason Brett on the back end, don't sleep on Brandon, Brandon Meebane and, uh, Corey Legit in the middle there. This is a terrifying defensive line if everybody stays healthy. Joey Bosa is my pick for defensive player of the year, and I think the Chargers have a top five defense at the end of the season. You know, um, you've made compelling arguments, um, mostly based around narrative, but it's like I always say. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. And you just made Charles Dickens jealous with that little bit of storytelling that you just ran through, which, which I really did like. You said you don't like chalk. As for me, I love the sound of chalk on the blackboard. Who doesn't love that? I'm going chalk. Just call me Pete Prisco version 2.0. Actually, Please never call me that. I'm going Packers, Patriots in the Super Bowl. This is actually, I think, Will, the seventh straight year that I've picked Packers, Patriots in the Super Bowl. At some point, it's going to happen, and it's going to be glorious. The two best quarterbacks, Rodgers and Brady, and I will take Aaron Rodgers, Michael McCarthy, and the Green Bay Packers to win Super Bowl 52 in enemy territory in Minnesota over the New England Patriots. Packers over Patriots. Um, that is my Super Bowl pick. So I'm See, giving my, you mine. I, yeah, go ahead. My whole thing, too, is like if I picked the Packers and Patriots, I would feel more likely that I was going to be correct. But if the Cardinals or Chargers made the Super Bowl and I picked Packers, Patriots, I would want to kill myself. Whereas if I picked the Cardinals and the Chargers and the Packers and the Patriots make it, I won't care. Because it's like, you know, oh, wow, you picked the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like it's. I don't know. I like the payoff for the for the for the teams I like, and I've been thinking about this prediction for a long time, so I'm rolling with. All it. right, so so you gave us two over unders that you like here. I'm going to give you two right now, and then we can ping pong back and forth if you've got uh if you've got any more. Now, I actually I went through it. I've got four over under picks, and they're actually four overs, which I did not plan to do, but it sort of worked out like that that I like the best. I think you know which one I really like. I put money on it a while ago. I've said it a bunch of times already. Jared Goff, Sean McVay, Sammy Watkins, and the Los Angeles Rams over five and a half. I think the Rams win seven games this year, Will. So you know that I'm all over the Rams. They'll start 1-0. and They'll beat Scott Tolzien on the Colts coming up on Sunday. And then they only have to win five games the rest of the season, and I win my bet. That's pretty awesome. My second over-under, I know you're going to agree with this one because you took this team to win their division. I like the Eagles over eight and a half, Will. I think they're going to win nine or ten games. So I got two others that I'll give you, but have you got a couple that you want to give here in between? Yeah, I was actually looking for the article that I wrote that I stayed up until 1.30 in the morning writing last night. I sent it into the editors. I penned it on in Slack. You know what? It's not on the friggin' website. It's not even on the internet. It's 11 o'clock. What the hell is happening around here? I blame Sean Wagner Magoo. That's just me personally. <laughs> I love it. But I went back and redid all the over unders for the entire for the for the entire NFL. It's three thousand nine hundred sixty six words. <laughs> I stayed up and wrote it, so they're writing it this morning. Pretty irate right now. Um, the only two I flipped, I actually flipped to the Rams over. Um, I agree with you. I like what they're doing. It's five and a half. Is it because with... of me that you did? No, no, it's because of Sean McVay. All right, let's let's just pretend it's because of me. Thirty-year-old spiky-haired. Uh, that was that, that was me four years ago, but I'm getting old. Yeah. Uh, I think you got great hair. And I also flipped to the Browns over. I like the Browns over at four and a half. Those I will not be betting on. Two unders, I money where your mouth is on these situations. I, the, the, the Jaguars under six and a half plus 120. I mean, you telling me that Blake Bortles is going to win seven games? No chance. I asked Pete about this the other day. I was like, Pete, Jaguars. Remember in Vegas, he was trying to talk us into the Jaguars over? Yes. A couple days ago, I, you know what? I have to be honest. I don't remember that. But I mean, I, there's a lot that I don't remember from the, the Vegas day. trip. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. Although I gotta say, like the day, the stretch of the day part, like it was like I was like I was pretty sober then. Like, Wait, was this, was this the day that we went to um, whose restaurant? No, but whose celebrity restaurant did we go to? Gordon Ramsay's crappy restaurant. And I had to leave because like I like the like like the restaurant was spinning and I had to go lay down for an hour. Yeah, I made the mistake of having one IPA at dinner. I was like, oh, <laughs> and then I had to calm down. And then the other under uh, I recently jumped on. Because editor R.J. White liked it so much. The Bills under. Minus six and a half, minus 125. I firmly believe they're tanking. It's a little concerning because they get the Jets twice. Um, and the, you know, they're going to have the Dolphins twice. They could win seven games. But I think that the Bills are probably going to win less than that. 
the one under I wish I'd jumped all over, Nick, and back in May, the Colts were nine, nine wins. You know what I, re- I know what I regret. Like, you know, I put in like a big parlay, like, like a, a couple months ago. I always do it. Like three months before the season, I put in a 16 week one parlay. Not in that parlay was, were the Rams plus three against the Colts. Like, I loved, I was going to take the Rams to win that game if Andrew Luck started. Now there's no value because the Rams are minus three and a half. So that one kills me. Uh, the other one that I, that I have too, and this one is interesting because I think that it could easily, it's a little scary when you start thinking about it. the Texans under eight and a half, right? I like I like that over. You do, but because they play the Jaguars and because they play the Colts. Now, I just uh, that defense is going to be really freaking good, and like Tom Savage is not exactly you know like Dan Marino, but like he can't be worse than Brock Osweiler was last year. Here's their out of division schedule: at Bengals, loss; at Patriots, loss; Titans. Wait, and, and that Bengals game is next Thursday night, right? That is next Thursday night on NFL Network, possibly on CBS too. You would think. Um, is, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was I was staying silent purposefully to try and let you dig yourself out of that one because I had nothing. I had nothing. I'm to just add. looking at HoustonTexans.com, uh, but at Bengals, that's a loss, right? You'd think they're, so. They could win it, but it probably I mean, they're not going to be favored. At Patriots, uh, yeah, I think they'll take a big old L. Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs at home. Um, could go either way. Okay, Browns at home. That's a win. Um, at Seahawks. Loss. At Rams. Probably a win. Oh, come on. Uh, probably Cardinals a win. At Cardinals at home. Mm, could go either way. At Ravens. Mm, could go either way. 49ers at home. To win. Steelers at home. Could go either way. Oh, come on. They're, they're not the no, their defense is really good. It could go either way. And, like, Watson could be playing at this point. <laughs> That's all the games out of the division. So if they go four and two in the division, you got to find five of those games that are winners for them to go over. It's a really tough schedule. And I gave you how many? Two or three? <laughs> I, think gave you like, I think you gave me two wins and like four, <laughs> four maybes and two losses. So I like the Texans under. Um, I also took the Cowboys in Vegas not to make the playoffs. I don't know. That's how drunk we were. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't agree with that one. Like there were so many better bets. Like I should have hammered the Colts under, and I took the Cowboys not to make the playoffs. So that's. Uh, I think that's all I'm exposed to. That's it. Just those fifty-five or so bets. Yes, and good thing um, you were not exposed this morning, Will, when you were surrounded by, by by fifty soccer moms in yoga pants, because that that would have been bad for you. And I think that really what prevented us from putting those bets in. I blame the Game of Thrones slot machine that we played because that was prime put in sports bets territory. But we were stuck with Prisco playing the Game of Thrones slot machine, which I got to say I don't regret in retrospect because it was a really good time. I've, I've lost a hundred dollars in worse ways than sitting around with you and Pete and playing Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. like, but like, I think Pete, I think it was a little bit of a window into Pete's psyche and how fragile and limited his psyche really is because like, like five minutes into the game, you and I are like, this is stupid. Like, like, this is like, we're enjoying time with Game of Thrones and like hoping we hit the jackpot, but like, this game is so dumb. No, it's it's like rigged. It's like you almost like you cannot win. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah, but yet yeah, we yeah, yeah, we sat. So Pete really only has two gears. It's it's mock people incessantly. I think it might actually be only the one gear. I think that might be it for Pete. Yeah, Pete goes really hard or really slow. Like, <laughs> it's one of the two. And, and I got to tell you, you should really see. We should have a video podcast of how we put this podcast together before it gets done because that would be super entertaining because you get to see Pete Prisco un- unleash such gems as how come I can't hear you if the volume's all the way up or how do I plug in this cable? Things like that that you have to deal with with 56-year-old Pete Prisco before you tape an NFL podcast. Um, All right, back to football. Um. I like the Chargers overall, so you gave all the reasons why. I don't have to do that. I like it at 8. You got it at 7.5. I like that a lot more, obviously. And I feel like I'm kind of stuck with it at this point because I've been talking it up, bandying it up all off season. I guess I got to take the Saints over 8, even though I don't really like it. But I'll take the Saints over the 8. And one last one that I'll add. If it were 8, I'd be all over it. 8.5 makes me a little squeamish. You know what? Screw it. I'm taking the over. Over 8.5. For your Carolina Panthers, Will Brinson. I, I, I got the Panthers winning 11. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I've actually, it's nine where I would be interested in participating. So I, I, nine is a lot. I don't like taking the Steelers. I like it. The Steelers are like 10 and a half now. So they're a team that, that I like with a higher, but it's 10 and a half and minus 155. No, you like, can't take it. 
I mean, yeah, it's just too expensive and too too high. I mean, like I think they'll win 13 games, but and I think the Panthers will win 11. But there's just so much that can go wrong in the course of an NFL season for a team to go from 13 to 11, or 13 to 10, or 12 to 10, or 11 to nine. It's just you have to be a little judicious. Um, moving to the sort of to incorporate because we're I think we're time situation. We are sort of running out. Of, We've got about 10 minutes. All right, right. So, but to keep this going with include our predictions, I've got the Eagles winning the NFC East. I like them as value to win the NFC East, and I also like the Eagles over eight and a half. Although I don't love the over because I think they'll only win nine games, so the margin for error there is not great. But if you look at the division futures, you can get a pretty good price on the Eagles. I think that their front seven is going to put so much pressure. On those quarterbacks, and you're talking about putting pressure on Dak Prescott, putting pressure on Eli Manning, who's used to it but has no offensive line, and putting pressure on Kirk Cousins, that they can win that division on just the strength of the defense alone. And Carson Wentz is going to take another step forward. People are going to consider him in the same vein as Dak Prescott heading into his third season. I like the Eagles to win the division at plus 220. I like that bet a lot. I'm not going to pull the trigger on it. I'm going to take Dallas to win the NFC East. I still like okay. Dallas. Um, you know, oh, and I also like the Giants under f- total for the season. I don't think the Giants will make the playoffs, but I've got the Cowboys winning the NFC East. That's uh that's I got the, I got to make it the playoffs. That's fine. I mean, like I don't um I don't I don't mind the Cowboys. I like I don't know why. Like I don't even like my Cowboys are going to miss the playoffs bet like it seems stupid in retrospect no it's fine what's like why would i why would i take that if zeke elliott if i think zeke elliott's going to play all 16 games but whatever look the cowboys the cowboys to me are going to be the second team in that division i think the giants fall back in a big way i think the redskins are a little bit better than people expect but i don't want to pick them to be ahead of the to be ahead of the, the 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 giants there I like the Eagles to win the division and be a surprise. But if the Cowboys won it, it would not be a stunner at all. The other division that I'm the only person taking um, a team to win, because I'm the only person taking the Eagles, I'm the only person taking the Panthers, and that really surprised me. More people are taking the Buccaneers to win that division, and there's two people taking the Buccaneers, four taking the Falcons, and one taking the Panthers. In fact, more people have the Panthers finishing in last in the division there are two of them doing that than have him finishing first, me. And I'm stunned by that. I think the Panthers, with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, with the health of Cam Newton, assuming that he's good to go, and with the way that that defense can play, will win the division handily. The Buccaneers now have to play 16 straight games. That's going to be tough. And I think the Falcons are just mentally going to find it difficult to come back from that 28-3. Can I, can I change my pick, my NFC South pick, or am I locked into the Saints? I don't care what you do. Um... How about this? Website? Is it on the internet? No, uh, uh, no, but I've been saying it. I've said it a million times. Um, all right. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Saints, but I'm going to take Carolina to make the playoffs also. I want to change my pick to Carolina. I really like the Panthers also this year. And I got the Falcons and Bucks out of the postseason. The Panthers, by the way, are plus 175 to win the division. The Falcons are plus 140. Buccaneers plus 200. Saints plus 380. I just have a hard time when you look at the Saints. I don't see any pass rush. And I don't see anything. I think, first of all, I think the Saints are going to win on Monday night in Minnesota, and Adrian Peterson is going to run for 200 yards, and um, just out of pure spite and anger and vitriol. But I don't think you're going to see the Saints do much else. I think they will finish about seven and nine or eight and eight because they have the same team. It's just the same setup. They're not going to be any better on defense. They're going to be just as good on offense, and it doesn't matter how good, how many yards Drew Brees throws for if they don't have any kind of defense. So I, I like this. I think the Saints finish in last, but this division is close. I mean, look, anybody could, anybody could win. You can make the, you wouldn't be shocked if any of the four teams won it. No, I like, and I like Tampa a lot. I think this week, one thing stinks for them because they're now have 16 straight games. And so that a week 11 bye is huge. Yeah. That is so late in the season and you can kind of get ready for the stretch run. And now they have 16 straight games. That's brutal. Uh, that dings Tampa a little bit, in my opinion, but you know, not enough not to not to pick them. I still got them going to the wild as a wild card. So, so, so divisions that we're probably going to agree on: NFC North. We both like the Packers. Every yeah, the Packers are the consensus pick there. I would not be surprised if the Vikings jumped up and won, and I would not be surprised if the Bears finished ahead of the Lions. I think the Lions stink this year. I don't. I agree with the last point, possibly on the Bears and Lions. I do. I don't think that the Vikings could win the division, but I think Minnesota could make the playoffs. And I would not be shocked. I'm not going to pick it, but I would not be shocked if the Vikings made the playoffs. We both have the Patriots to win the AFC East. Yes. We both have the Steelers to win the AFC North. Um, I'm going to take the Texans to win the AFC South. Oh. 
You know, it's really surprising, and we mentioned this, I think, with Jason um, in the previous podcast, but every single one of us on CBSSports.com, in terms of, like, Lock and Fora, Prisco, me, Ryan Wilson, John Breach, Jared Dubin, Swimmy Magoo, um, all had – his nickname's Swimmy. No, that I did know. But the fact that we call him Magoo, and it's definitely not Magoo, how you – Sean, so it's spelled M-C-G-H-G-O-U-G-H, which I thought was, like, Van Gogh, like Mago, but – I like Magoo a lot better. I got. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, and like, I don't care if Sean listens. I love Sean. Like, Sean's my boy. He's he's a great kid. Uh, but he's actually a kid. Like, he's, he's under thirty, so I can call him a kid. Um, he's a great boy. Uh, <laughs> that sounds weird. Yes, it does. Um, but I have one beef with Sean, and that because of his hyphenated name, it's Sean Wagner Dash McGuff. Because of his hyphenated name, it spreads out the picks on these. Like, if you scroll over on this picks page, it makes his like. Like his, they're not, they're not, they're not aligned. Do you know what he should do? Like, why am I OCD about this? I used to be the least OCD person. I gave no craps about anything for like the first 25 years of my life, and now I'm turning OCD. It's so annoying. If Sean were really a team player, he would drop either the Wagner or the Magoo. That's what I'm saying. And I was like, dude, you got to be Sean Wagner. No, 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 Sean Magoo. Sean McGuff. I think (laughs) Wagner's. There is a familial situation in which it is necessary to have both, and so I get it. But if it's me, Wagner is a baller name. Sean Wagner is it's not a bad name. Do you know that I used to work with a guy um, back in New York who got married and and did the hyphenated name with him and his wife, and took his wife's name, and his wife's name goes first. Oh, that's not good. No. Um, my AK technically has her full name is it's weird. It's not hyphenated. It's A Anne Catherine Wilkinson Brinson. Wilkinson was her old last name, but because AK is her name and Anne Catherine are her first two names, like her old name was Anne Catherine Wilkinson, but she couldn't ditch Anne or Catherine because her name is AK. It would be weird. Like, how are you, how the hell are you yeah. explain that? And she didn't want to ditch Wilkinson because it's her family name. So now her, her, she took her middle name. It became part of her first name. So her first name is Anne Catherine. Her middle name is Wilkinson. Her last name is Brinson. Wilkinson. That's a pretty badass middle name. Yeah, it is. Um, all right, we got like a couple minutes here. Wild card teams in the AFC. Um, Would you like me to go so I can buy you a moment? <laughs> no, I got it. I got Raiders and Bengals. I've got Titans and Bengals. Okay. So I got Titans in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Titans are making the playoffs. And I have – this was the toughest pick for me, actually. I think I'm going to pick the Raiders to win the AFC West. Not one of us did that on CBSports.com. That's I'm gonna crazy. T- That's I'm going to take pick. the Raiders. I like the Raiders pick there. I wish that I wish everyone was picking the Raiders and no one was picking the Chargers. I hate the Chargers bandwagon. Um, the only other division that we missed, the NFC West. Um, I'll take Seattle. You'll take Arizona. That is correct. And then my wild cards in the NFC are the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. I have the Buccaneers, um, Buccaneers, Falcons, and Vikings all at 9-7, and seven, and then the Buccaneers winning a tiebreaker. But I might switch to the Vikings had I known about Hurricane Irma. I will take the Eagles and Panthers as my wild card teams, leaving out your Super Bowl champion of the postseason, the Cardinals. Good, good, whatever works for me. I think I, Pete and Wilson also have the Cardinals in the playoffs. Um, so that doesn't bother me at all. Do we want to go over awards picks? Um, MVP Aaron Rodgers. I also have Aaron Rodgers MVP. That's a freebie. I think he's going to have an incredible year. I've mentioned this. My Olivia Munn theory, I stand by it. I think he has an incredible year as a single man. He has nothing. Do you think Aaron Rodgers is taking kids to daycare? Not a chance. Do you think he's dealing with, like, like Valentine's Dance volunteer situations? Absolutely not. He is hanging out. He is free. His mind is clear. He is going to be locked in all season long. Your coach of the year will be Anthony Lynn, I'm guessing? Uh, Bruce Arians. Okay, Bruce Arians, you had to be, I guess. Or, no, actually, maybe I did pick Anthony Lynn, but one of those two. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I will have my coach of the year... Sean Payton. That's, I, that would not be if they if they win that division, that would not be surprising. Um, what else are we going to do? What other what other uh, picks? offensive rookie of the year? I have Christian McCaffrey. I think he has a monster three thousand total yards. I'll take Leonard Fournette. Good pick. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. I have Ruben Foster. <sighs> this is a tough one. Yeah, it I, is. I, I kind of want to take Jamal Adams, but I don't think I can. I'll take Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's a very good pick. I think he'll be fantastic. Um, defensive player of the year. J.J. Watt. I have J.J. Watt as comeback player of the year. Defensive. Now I'm blacking out. I don't remember who I picked for defensive player of the year. If okay. it's not J.J. Watt or Aaron Donald, you're probably not doing it right. I don't think it's going to be Aaron Donald if he's not playing. If he's not one. playing, that'll hurt him. But, yeah, I'm going to take J.J. Watt for defensive. And offensive, like, can I pick Aaron Rodgers or no since, like, 
since I picked him for MVP. I'll take Aaron Rodgers for Offensive Player of the Year, but if we're going to um, not do that, then I'll take David Johnson. I picked David Johnson to be Offensive um, David Johnson to be Offensive Player of the Year because I think he'll have a monster year, and then Defensive Player of the Year. I selected. Oh, I already said it on this podcast. I'm a moron. Joey Bosa, Chargers. That's a good pick. Yeah, I like Joey Bosa, the Chargers. Comeback player, J.J. Watt. Anyway, it's somebody else. Could be Keenan Allen if Watt wins Defensive Player of the Year. Um, yes, I think Keenan Allen is a wonderful pick. Yeah, I think he'll be a, a good story if he plays well. Last team to get a win all season. Yes. Who, who do you got? It's a trick question. It's, it's the, the Jets. Jets. Yeah, it's the Jets. The Jets are going to be the last team to get a win in 2018. Yes, yeah. correct. I, I I sort of agree with that. 2017 Jets won't win. They'll be the last team to get a win in 2018. Okay, I think that about covers us. It does. Um, any over other? All right, thanks for listening. Subscribe via iTunes. You guys are wonderful. Keep us cranking up those rankings. Uh, tweet us at Will Brinson, at the Costos, and uh, make picks in week one.